It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. Hello Bengals fans, happy 4th of July, belatedly for those of you listening early in the week. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. James, you're back from your vacation. We are recording a joint podcast for the first time since last week around this time, and we've got some news that we didn't cover last week, which is... Albert Breer's report about Trey Waynes and his contract not being done yet. Something that I don't think was on the radar of most Bengals fans until late last week. I certainly hadn't thought about it. So we've got that. We've got some COVID protocols from the NFL for players and for media that we're going to talk about in segment two. And then for segment three, because it's always fun to talk about how Bengals fans don't get the respect they deserve in national media. NFL.com did a piece on fan bases most deserving of a Super Bowl this year. And shocker, the Bengals aren't on the list. But first, let's talk Trey Waynes. James, it's not very often that we get a midsummer comment from the Bengals front office, but Troy Blackburn told Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer in response, I assume, to something that Brian Murphy, Trey Wayne's agent, told Breer that the Bengals regret the challenges that have arisen this year processing contracts due to coronavirus. The Bengals are very excited about adding Trey to the roster and are confident he will be a good player here. Blackburn concluded with hope that agreements will be reached between the NFL and NFLPA that will allow the season to get underway. This, I think, in response to Brian Murphy, that agent, saying that he's advised Trey not to do any football drills because he hasn't done his physical and he hasn't actually signed the contract officially. I don't think there's anyone wrong here, Jake. On, on one side, you have Trey Waynes, a guy who, let's call it what it is, signed a three-year, $42 million deal, which probably exceeded his expectations and his agent's expectations going into free agency, at least a little bit. They might not admit it. But that's probably true, right? The Bengals overpaid at least slightly for Trey Waynes. We've accepted that. On the flip side, the Bengals have their way of doing things. And uh, it's not just them, right? COVID's unprecedented. So the fact that they aren't willing to send their team doctors to their private practices to look at Bengals players, and they want it to happen in their facilities, which is the normal protocol that always happens, I understand that too. So while they've agreed to the deal, and I don't think there's going to be any backing out of the deal or anything like that, none of these contracts have been officially signed and completed. They've been agreed to, 
but they have to pass a physical, all eight free agents that the Bengals signed. So I, I see both sides to this. Uh, it, here's the thing that I, I think is really, it goes under the radar. If you're Murphy and, and you're Trey Wayne's agent, and part of Breer's piece was how Wayne's moved to Cincinnati because he thought he could get this deal completed. Because if he's there, he could quarantine for 14 days and then he could go to a private practice. Why wouldn't you have talked to the Bengals about that before you moved to Cincinnati? Isn't that the agent's job? So th- there's a quote here from Brian Murphy. He says, quote, he moved to Cincinnati, bought a house there, brought his wife and two kids there for the sole purpose that he could drive down to the doctor's private office and get his physical and do a deal. He's got no other reason to be in Cincinnati because all of the offseason workouts were via Zoom. But we thought if he went there, he could get the physical, and it turns out he can't. Isn't that something you ask before you make the move, before you buy the house? And I'm not ripping Wayne's here because this is clearly something Murphy advised them to do. Isn't that something you check with Troy Blackburn, Mike Brown, and the Bengals first? I would think so. But at the same time, when I read through all the quotes here and when I look at what Troy Blackburn says, it doesn't seem like there's any imminent risk of, of anything going sideways here. It just looks like, well, it's going to take a little bit more time than Trey Wayne's wanted. There might be a little bit of anxiety or something, but he's going through what every other player in the NFL is going through. As is pointed out, other NFL teams are also not letting players go to their physician's private practice instead of in the team facility. So... I just I don't understand really what makes this a special case. It looks like an agent is making a lot of noise. I think that every indication we've had from the player, from Trey Waynes, from his interactions with fans and podcasts, even on social media, has been very excited. And it looks like he's gung-ho to be a Bengal, and he's got a pretty big deal out there. I mean, imagine being Trey Waynes and saying, you know what, you're not going to let me get this physical in a private practice. I'm not going to send the deal anymore you're going to go back out onto free agency and, and, and do better. I, I don't think so. I think that zero chance. Yeah. I think that we'll just <laughs> wait and see. And eventually Trey Waynes will sign his deal and we'll forget this ever happened. But for now it is noteworthy. And this agent has really made a lot of noise. He's quoted as saying, this is just adding another layer that doesn't have to be there. They already have to be worried about COVID. Now you get to training camp. I haven't had any off season workouts. I really haven't been able to train on my own. And now I have to go full speed. I don't know if Trey is concerned about that, but from his agent's point of view, I'm very concerned. So again, here, as a free agent, Trey Waynes, what, what's different, right? You're going to come to camp in shape regardless or not, and then you're going to have to catch up and you're not going to get to practice. You're going to be on the sideline on a bike until you're fit. I don't see any difference here as to whether or not your contract is signed. Keep yourself in shape, show up to camp ready to go, hit the ground running. That seems like business as usual for any player in any offseason, even this one. And here's the other part of this. And you, you mentioned it at the top. The fact that Murphy publicly says, oh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm telling Trey to not participate in any football activities. Okay. I, to- I get it, right? If Trey, if Trey Waynes is going to go out there and play tackle football, well, yeah, it puts him at risk of injury. Or if he's going to go hard one-on-ones with helmets and stuff like that. But here's the reality of things. I watched a video on Mackenzie Alexander's Instagram all a couple weeks ago. wrote an article about it just because it's the offseason. People care about that stuff. And most Bengals fans probably don't follow Mackenzie Alexander on Instagram. You think he's uh, get, got his $4 million yet? His one-year $4 million deal? No, he's in the same situation 
that Trey Waynes is in. But he knows he's still got to stay prepared and be in shape. And that's what I'm hoping here. I, I hope that this is the agent kind of going rogue and, and putting out his agenda to, to a national media member and Albert Breer. And that Trey's still getting his work in. Because, yes, he can still run. He can still do the back pedals and all the things, the footwork and all the things necessary. I get it. Is there an injury risk? Absolutely. It's also part of being a football player. So does he need to do one-on-ones? No, not necessarily. But I think he needs to do a lot of the the cardio and in, in the things that are involved with being a corner in the NFL prior to training camp. So I hope Trey is doing that. Is it a risk? A small one. But I, I don't think it's something that uh, an agent should be this loud about because that's what football players do. They, they go out there and, and they, they have to get in shape, and that's just the reality of it. And the last thing you want if you're Trey Waynes is to have an underwhelming first year after you signed a three-year, $42 million deal. There's a lot more pressure on Trey Waynes than there is on Mackenzie Alexander. It is a peculiar situation, and I do wonder, right? Like, he's probably still working out. I, I think that this is probably just the agent making noise. I, I don't think that there's been any indication. I mean, I haven't seen it, if there has been, that Trey Waynes is not running anymore. Like, I'm going to be a couch potato now because, no, that's not that's not how it works. I imagine Trey Waynes is still in shape, and this is just the agent making noise. But we'll find out, I guess, soon enough. I mean, players are meant to report to training camp in about three weeks now. It is July 5th as we record. That means training camp as scheduled, about three weeks away. The agent said that he sent his clients TRX bands to work out with. Man, that TRX bands are good for, for anybody, for sure. But not when you're preparing for an NFL season. They need to run. They need to get in shape. So uh, hopefully Waynes is doing some of that. And hopefully we don't have to hear the name Brian Murphy for a while again because I uh, don't – I mean, maybe there's something going on I don't know, right? But on the face of it, I don't really care for most of the points he's trying to make. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some of the COVID protocols that are going into place for the NFL in the 2020 season. This show, as I mentioned at the top, is brought to you by rockauto.com. The one-stop shop to get anything you will ever need to fix up your car. Rockauto.com will have the best prices. I talked last week about the fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey that you can get for about two-thirds of the price. Even cheaper than two-thirds of the price at rockauto.com versus advanced auto parts. So why wouldn't you? You get to browse it online from your home. You don't have to go out to the store. gets delivered to you. Cheaper prices. Great selection. Why wouldn't you just go get your auto parts on rockauto.com? If you do that today, write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, James, let's dive into some of these protocols the NFL has issued. They, they cover press, which we'll talk about in a little bit, especially because 
you'll be there, right? You, you had, well, we think you'll be there. And, and it sounds like there are some pretty significant new limitations on what press will be allowed to talk about in training camp for the portions that they're allowed to watch. But let's start with uh, first talking about the protocol for players. It sounds like they have identified COVID-19 protocols for tw- training camp and the regular season, including breakdowns for how to handle individuals exposed to someone who tested positive. In addition to that, I read something about the GPS monitors they put on the players being used to facilitate contact tracing. So if uh, you know a wide receiver never gets close to, I don't know, I don't know how any of it would work. But it's something that's being discussed because as soon as I start talking about it out loud, James, I think, well, if you touch, if you talk to the corner and then the corner talks to a defensive tackle, doesn't that kind of, anyway, we have a protocol here to talk about and it involves a lot of testing, a lot of isolation and a little bit of flexibility if, if someone does test positive. So it's nice to see, I guess, that the NFL and the NFLPA have something to to work with here to protect the players and keep the season going. It's just going to be real interesting to see it in practice because as soon as I started talking about it, I started to think of ways this is going to break down. Sure. And the, the thing that the NFL is going to have to do and all these sports leagues are going to have to do is be able to adjust on the fly. If you're rigid during COVID-19, you're in trouble. Right now, everyone's on Zoom meetings and everyone's adjusted and the Bengals have done well. And the NFL overall has, has done a good job, I think, of continuing on and keeping the schedule. As far as the GPS tracker, you're right, because they all have contact. But the key here is the testing. And, and you, you get tested regularly and, and they're monitored with, with temperature checks and questions and, and things like that. Is it going to break down? Sure, because there's going to be players that go to restaurants or they do things like that and, and put teammates at risk. That's going to happen. There are going to be players that get COVID-19. That's just they're going to test positive for it. Some already have, but you get what I'm saying. Once camp opens up, it's just it's going to happen. And so the key to it is catching it as soon as possible. And, and when you do, then putting them in isolation, whoever tests positive for it, so it doesn't infect the entire team. So you're right. It's. It sounds good, but there's a lot of ways this could break down, and you just hope it doesn't. It's it's interesting because they have this protocol in place for regular testing. There's a regular defined baseline testing timeline for all players. But if there's exposure, and say you have close contact to a symptomatic known positive test, uh, known positive case, then the NFL is testing you daily for eight days. If, if the first test comes back negative, you're still getting tested every day for eight days if you're asymptomatic. And then if you're positive and you're symptomatic, then you're not coming back to facilities until 10 days since the first COVID symptoms have appeared, 72 hours since the last symptoms appeared, and approval by the club physician. If you have no symptoms, you wait 10 days or you pass a test with two consecutive negative tests and you also have to be approved by the team physician so the team physician obviously has a big role to play here but that's just a lot of testing to go through i wonder if they have come up with a more pleasant test for these players they're going to have to have daily tests or have regular tests 
And that's the key here, too, is we talked about it on the pod a few weeks ago, Jake, is the NFL said that they were hopeful they could have that saliva test in place. We haven't heard much about that since. At least I haven't. So are they going to? If not, the nasal test, and you under, underwent, it, underwent it and had to do it, uh, it's rough. It just looks rough. It's just it's, uh, it's one of those things that if you have to do that every day, it's going to get old really quick. If you're Joe Burrow or Von Bell or Trey Waynes or whoever. So um, we'll see. But yeah, yeah, I'm hopeful that they can find a way to do the saliva test and get results quick. That's the other thing here. Like if you're rolling into facilities and and, and they can get a, a test result back in what, an hour? That'd be great, right? Or 15 minutes. But that that is not the case right now for, for anybody. I know well, someone who took a test last week and it, it was two to seven days to get results back. I think it might be longer for the regular person than for the Bengals who are potentially going to be able to play, pay a lab to expedite a test. I mean, you look at when players get hurt, they're getting x-rays immediately. MRIs is soon, like literally as soon as swelling is down enough for an MRI to produce a reliable result. So, I mean, obviously these professional athletes have more access to medicine than the average person. So you hope that they do get those quick results at least. And you know, you just hope that you contain it as, as well as you can. I mean, I know I saw the Reds back in Cincinnati. They're doing their summer workouts in Great American Ballpark. They were on Twitter today. They, they had them going live. Uh, they were live streaming live batting practice with Luis Castillo and Eugenio Suarez. So that was a little bit of fun to watch. But there are a couple of Reds that aren't in Cincinnati because they tested positive for COVID. So it's it's just something that's going to be a part of life here. It's also going to be a part of your life, James. Uh, We have these regulations in place for media and obviously there's going to be distancing requirements and there's a limitation on how many pool reporters are going to be allowed in the stadium. But the most interesting thing to me here is, and, and apparently this is new, you're not allowed to make any reference to specific game strategy or plays run of what players are practicing with what unit. So who's in the goal line, who's in the nickel, whatever. You can't talk about anything during practice you can't talk about anything you heard players say or coaches say so the the stuff that you're going to be allowed to report ben baby had a funny tweet about this he's gonna all right was that training camp today weather was nice this has been your training camp report for today you know like what what can you actually talk about if you can't talk about football i have no idea and that's why it's that part of it I think is going to change that now that might be look the speed limit's 55 miles an hour Jake I've driven 14 hours over the past like two weeks I haven't really gone 55 on the highway during those stretches I don't think most people do right so I I think we'll and I assume that NFL teams will bend the rules and I said this before we started recording look if Billy Price is playing right tackle and with the starting unit playing right tackle, well, guess what? I have to make note of that. That's just it. it. That is so newsworthy. You cannot avoid it. And Bengals fans are cringing right now, as you did when I brought that up, of Billy Price being the Bengals starting right tackle. But that's the case. Like if Akeem Adeniji kicks in to right guard and he's with the starting unit and not Xavier Suofilo back-to-back days, First day, it's noteworthy. Second day, it's it starts to become a little bit of a trend. You got to talk about that stuff. You have to note it. So 
Uh, I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I, I am hopeful, like you said at the top, that I'll have whatever access we're allowed to have as beat writers. I'll have it. I'll be masked up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be bringing you the the coverage that we need to bring you. So it's um it, it is going to be a weird time, but I, I do think we'll have it. Won't be as strict as it sounds there. But they have limited media in the past, and by they I mean. Uh, the NFL, where you're talking about video and what you can take video of and things like that uh, as a media member. So well, we'll see what happens either way. Like I said, you, you cannot be rigid here. You got to roll with it. And that's what I think uh, I'm going to do. And I think that's what we'll do here on the podcast. So the NFL has introduced these new tiers of media credentialing, the 2M tier or the 3OA tier. So James, I, I hope for the best for you, and I hope that things go smoothly. Uh, I do note here that media personnel with Tier 2M credentials must undergo screening and testing under the applicable pro- applicable protocols prior to entering the club facility. So that sounds like a lot of fun for you. Hey, I guess at this point, we just have to appreciate the work the beat writers do and what they go through a little bit more if you're going to be subject to these testing protocols. Yeah, the the nasal test daily, man. That'd be uh, that'd be rough. I, I do like the the two M, right? I'm team two M. That's what I'm hoping for. So who made I'll go through the, the test if I need to. <laughs> who, who made these acronyms up? You know, like three M is is a is a supplier of of many things. But what's two M? Uh, I assume it's just tier two media, and they just made it M. Okay, like and then three O A. Yeah, I don't know. I have no okay. idea what that is. Yeah. I... <laughs> that's what i think too because they have tier two right so we'll probably all have badges in the facility and so tier two is different than tier two media so that's what i i assume that's what they're thinking there i assume all right that's a good assumption sounds like i won't be coming down to cincinnati for any (laughs) bloggers day this year maybe next year (laughs) after we get a vaccine coming up next uh why don't the Bengals fans deserve a super bowl this season nfl.com writers what's what's going on david carr brian baldinger uh nate burleson joe thomas and maurice jones drew well none of you have any bengals ties for one but let's take a look at who these guys say deserves a super bowl this year and and why and put the logic to the test and a little bit of bengals fan i don't know therapy something like that coming up next is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast they'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 nfl draft check out mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Which NFL fan base most deserves a Super Bowl title this season? Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. You ask NFL.com and, well, they don't have the Bengals anywhere, which is is obviously disrespectful and the most ridiculous thing ever. Uh, Jake, let's dive into some of these. Nate Burleson said that Larry Fitzgerald and the Arizona Cardinals and those fans deserve a Super Bowl title. I do think back to the the 2008 Cardinals and I was rooting so hard for yep. them to beat the Steelers and how heartbreaking that would be with Santonio Holmes making the greatest catch of his life. 
And so I get this one, especially when I look at the other ones on this list. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll keep going here. Brian Baldinger says the Jets, which I really don't understand at all. They do have a Super Bowl in their history, and it's the Jets. Does, does anyone really love the Jets? David Carr says Cleveland. I understand the Browns, the, the misery that's gone on there. Joe Thomas says Detroit, not Cleveland, which is surprising. And then the worst pick on this list is Maurice Jones-Drew. He says the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jaguars fans deserve a Super Bowl um, because they've made seven postseason appearances since they joined the NFL in 1995. MJD, stop being so damn biased. That's 20, <laughs> 25 years. And uh, seven postseason appearances. Sorry it never worked out. I mean, you had some good teams. But I think that three of these at least are reasonable. The Cardinals never won a Super Bowl. The The heartbreak, as you mentioned, 2008. The, the worst interception return from James Harrison oh. that I've ever seen. It, it burned in my brain that nobody could tackle him. And, and really, that, that play... That's a 14-point swing, and, and the Cardinals barely end up losing that game. So uh, that that was brutal to watch as someone who was really pulling for Kurt Warner and those Cardinals. But I, 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 I do get that one. The next one, Brian Baldinger, don't get it. Jets, they won a Super Bowl in 69. Nobody cares about New York fans, like except people that live in New York or New Jersey, which is where the Jets actually play, right? Like the Giants have won a bunch. So he points out that the Jets haven't, and so they're, they should win too. Cry me a river, New York City. I mean, I hope that you're doing better. I know that things have been tough in New York City, but that doesn't mean that I want the Jets to win a Super Bowl. Cleveland, totally get that one. Also, at the same time, I am one of the people that thinks these Browns are an expansion team, and... uh the, the the Ravens, you know, so like the, the Browns have only existed for what, 25 years, right? So they, they came back in 99. Okay, 21 years. Uh, I don't see, I don't look at it that way, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I do because because the, the, the old Browns team still exists. But I, I also get the other perspective. Joe Thomas is the funniest on this list that he wouldn't say the Browns. I mean, who put him up to that? Yeah. And then he says Detroit, which I I get it. Detroit it's, Detroit fans have been miserable. But but his reasoning makes sense is because he's including NFL titles as well. So not Super Bowl titles, but he says that the Browns won in 1964 and the Lions haven't won six, since 57. The Bengals have never won, guys. They've lost two Super Bowls. <laughs> if we're going to go by either the Cardinals standards or the Browns standards or the Jaguars standards or any of these teams – They've had their hearts ripped out in two Super Bowls, Bengals fans have. You're going to tell me that they're not one of the five teams? Maybe not this season because you just got Joe Burrow. Maybe you have to wait until next season to really deserve it or something. But as a fan base, if you're going to put together a list of fan bases that deserve a Super Bowl title and not include Cincinnati, I just uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I really don't. I have no clue. I don't know how no and really it's because MJD of all these it's because yeah. Maurice Jones Drew went straight <laughs> homer. Yeah. And said, "Oh, this expansion team from 95 that went 14 and 2 in 99 and that yeah, they lost to Tennessee and 
or 2000. I think it was 2000. Either way, like they've had some really good years. But this idea that the Jaguar fans have been tortured, get out of here. What are you what are you talking about? It makes it makes no sense at all. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's that's the one like if Maurice Jones Drew says the Bengals here, this list is pretty darn good. I don't know how the Bengals, how it can be a legitimate list without having the Bengals on it because their fans certainly deserve it in Cincinnati. There really are so many teams, though, like so many fan bases out there that do deserve a Super Bowl at some point in time because there are still like eight teams that have never won one because of the dynasties that we've had, and especially in the last like 25. Actually, throughout history in the NFL, dynasties have, have pretty much ruled. And mm-hmm. this idea of parity uh it's it's only really pertained i think to the regular season and the occasional outlier like joe flacco catching fire right so there are a lot of teams that deserve a super bowl but i do think that the bengals losing twice to the 49ers the way they did i i can't imagine a fan base maybe buffalo how many super bowls did buffalo lose four in a row yeah so you, you so buffalo oh yeah i yeah. wouldn't argue with buffalo they're not on this list either, by the way. Yeah, put Buffalo on there. All right, who are we taking off? We're putting Buffalo on. Cleveland. Well, yeah. No, the Jets. Oh, the Jets. The Jets. Yeah, the Jets for sure. I mean, the Jets shouldn't be on here. The Jets is actually Jets. probably worse than the Jaguars to me. Because it's New York. But like we NFL fans outside, like any sports fan outside of New York has a visceral reaction, I think, to New York football. Or New York sports teams, I should say. Like nobody they, likes New York sports teams. They went to the AFC title game twice in the 2000, 2000s, 08 and 09 or 09 and 10 or something. Like, they're does that, fine. Does that make it better or worse? I think it's just they, they've been fine, but they're a poorly run organization, and they don't deserve – I don't know. I just – I'm not going to feel sorry for New York. We can't we – The can't Giants start, have titles. Go be a Giants fan. York yeah, fans. no, I made that point too, but you can't start talking yeah. about poorly run teams and ask people to feel bad for Bengals fans. You, yeah. You, you can't quite go – there, although things have been a little bit better, there are still some old ways that we're, we're waiting to to peter off. Have we had enough fun with this, James? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I will say that uh, I don't think we're coming from a place of bias. The Bengals should certainly be on this list, and, hope, and hopefully it changes soon. Joe Burrow, you're up. That he is. This is going to be our last week. Bengals fans of three episodes a week. Next week, we have a division crossover series as we prepare for training camp. So later this week, we are due to finally talk about Al Golden. We've had a question in our mailbag for a few weeks now about Al Golden's track record and what he brings to the linebacker room. So we'll cover that. We'll start to take a look at some of the training camp battles that are going to be interesting. Some of the players that are going to be very important to the 2020 season. That coming up your way later this week. Until then, Bengals fans, who day, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.